This is the Bible in one year, day 109. God's strategic plan. I live in London. With a population of over 8 million, it is one of the largest cities in the world. It usually receives over 18 million visitors a year. It's a city where over 300 languages are spoken. Cities are strategic places for the spread of the gospel. They always have been. The Apostle Paul took the gospel from city to city. As early as AD 100, more than 40 Christian communities existed in cities across the Mediterranean world, including North Africa and parts of Italy. By AD 300, half the citizens of that region were Christians, while 90% of the countryside was still pagan. Most of Paul's letters were written to cities. Cities tend to be places where culture is formed. Many of the spheres of influence emanate from the city, including government, politicians and lawmakers, arts and entertainment, business and the marketplace, universities and other places of education, media and communication centres. The river of influence tends to flow from the city to the suburbs and rural areas. The way to transform a culture is to transform the city. It is not surprising, therefore, that cities have always had an important role in the purposes of God. In particular, one city has been at the heart of God's strategy for the world. From Psalm 48 Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise in the city of our God, his holy mountain. Beautiful in its loftiness, the joy of the whole earth, like the heights of Zavon, is Mount Zion, the city of the great king. God is in her citadels. He has shown himself to be her fortress. When the kings joined forces, when they advanced together, they saw her and were astounded. They fled in terror. Trembling seized them there, pain like that of a woman in labor. You destroyed them like ships of Tarshish, shattered by an east wind. As we have heard, so we have seen, in the city of the Lord Almighty, in the city of our God, God makes her secure forever. The power of the city. This psalm is all about the city of God, Jerusalem. The city is mentioned in different ways seven times in the passage. It celebrates the beauty and security of the city. Most of all, it celebrates the fact that it is the city of our God, the place where God's temple had been built and his presence could be found, and a place that was under his protection. It was intended to be a source of blessing for the whole world, the joy of the whole earth. Paul contrasts the physical city of Jerusalem with the even greater Jerusalem that is above. He sees the Christian church as the new Jerusalem. In the book of Revelation, John sees the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. The new Jerusalem is the church, the bride of Christ. This is the place where God will dwell forever. The church should be amazing, beautiful in its loftiness, the joy of the whole earth. We should sense the presence of God there, know his security and protection, and be a blessing to the world around us. Lord, thank you for the power of your presence in the church. May we be a source of blessing to the world. New Testament from Luke 19 
While they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable, because he was near Jerusalem and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. He said, A man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return. So he called ten of his servants and gave them ten minas. Put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, We don't want this man to be our king. He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for the servants to whom he had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, Sir, your mina has earned ten more. Well done, my good servant, his master replied. Because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter, take charge of ten cities. The second came and said, Sir, your mina has earned five more. His master answered, You take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, Sir, here is your mina. I have kept it laid away in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take out what you did not put in and reap what you did not sow. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I am a hard man, taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow? Why then didn't you put my money on deposit, so that when I came back I could have collected it with interest? Then he said to those standing by, Take his mina away from him and give it to the one who has ten minas. Sir, they said, he already has ten. He replied, I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what they have will be taken away. But those enemies of mine who did not want me to be king over them, bring them here and kill them in front of me. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Say, The Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it, just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. 
The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. The Passion for the City As Jesus approaches the city of Jerusalem, he tells the parable of the miners. It is a parable that challenges his hearers' assumptions about the kingdom of God and God's plans for the earthly city. A miner is worth three months' wages, a large sum of money. It really matters how you use all that God has entrusted to you. You're supposed to use not only your money, but all the gifts God has given you, including your time, education, job, skills and opportunities for the benefit of the king and his kingdom. It's interesting that the reward for trustworthiness in looking after miners was to take charge of ten cities or of five cities. When Jesus makes the triumphal entry into the city of Jerusalem, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. They see Jesus as the coming Messiah who will reign in the city of Jerusalem, fulfilling all the promises of a Davidic king, freeing the city from its Roman captors. However, Jesus has a different agenda. As he approaches Jerusalem, he weeps over the city. Jesus was passionate about the city and had compassion on it. He foresees the destruction of Jerusalem, which was to occur in the year AD 70. The temple has never again been rebuilt, and the city of Jerusalem remains a place over which many tears are shed. The tragedy was that Jerusalem did not recognize the time of God's coming. God had come in the person of Jesus. Yet by his death and resurrection in Jerusalem, he made possible a new Jerusalem. Lord, give me that same passion and compassion for the people in the place where I live. Old Testament from Deuteronomy 30 and 31 Now what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It is not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. No, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you may obey it. See, I set before you today Life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him and to keep his commands, decrees and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. 
This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life, so that you and your children may live, and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Deuteronomy chapter 31 Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I am now a hundred and twenty years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, You shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So Moses wrote down this law and gave it to the Levitical priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and to all the elders of Israel. Then Moses commanded them, At the end of every seven years, in the year for cancelling debts during the festival of tabernacles, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God at the place he will choose, you shall read this law before them in their hearing. Assemble the people men, women, and children, and the foreigners residing in your towns, so that they can listen and learn to fear the Lord your God and follow carefully all the words of this law. Their children, who do not know this law, must hear it and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. The Lord said to Moses, now the day of your death is near. Call Joshua and present yourselves at the tent of meeting where I will commission him. So Moses and Joshua came and presented themselves at the tent of meeting. Then the Lord appeared at the tent in a pillar of cloud, and the cloud stood over the entrance to the tent. And the Lord said to Moses, You are going to rest with your ancestors, and these people will soon prostitute themselves to the foreign gods of the land they are entering. They will forsake me and break the covenant I made with them. And in that day I will become angry with them and forsake them. I will hide my face from them and they will be destroyed. Many disasters and calamities will come on them, and in that day they will ask, 
Have not these disasters come on us because our God is not with us? And I will certainly hide my face in that day because of all their wickedness in turning to other gods. Now write down this song and teach it to the Israelites and make them sing it so that it may be a witness for me against them. When I have brought them into the land flowing with milk and honey, the land I promised on oath to their ancestors, and when they eat their fill and thrive, they will turn to other gods and worship them, rejecting me and breaking my covenant. And when many disasters and calamities come on them, this song will testify against them, because it will not be forgotten by their descendants. I know what they are disposed to do even before I bring them into the land I promised them on oath. So Moses wrote down this song that day and taught it to the Israelites. The Lord gave this command to Joshua, son of Nun. Be strong and courageous, for you will bring the Israelites into the land I promised them on oath, and I myself will be with you. After Moses finished writing in a book the words of this law from beginning to end, he gave this command to the Levites who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Take this book of the law and place it beside the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God. There it will remain as a witness against you. For I know how rebellious and stiff-necked you are. If you have been rebellious against the Lord while I am still alive and with you, how much more will you rebel after I die? Assemble before me all the elders of your tribes and all your officials so that I can speak these words in their hearing and call the heavens and the earth to testify against them. For I know that after my death you are sure to become utterly corrupt and to turn from the way I have commanded you. In days to come, Disaster will fall on you because you will do evil in the sight of the Lord and arouse his anger by what your hands have made. The person of the city. Do you ever find yourself bombarded with thoughts of doubt, fear or even depression, dismay and unnerved with alarm? These are common human emotions. Moses faced them and he knew that his successor Joshua and all the people would have to face not only physical battles, but also battles of the mind. As we come to the end of Moses' life, he urges the people to follow God's word. He urges them to love God and walk in his ways. He warns them against having a change of heart and refusing to obey God. He encourages them to choose life. This choice starts with your thoughts. Your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions. Each day, choose life-giving thoughts. Moses' successor is Joshua. He is the new leader of the people of God. He's going to face many battles ahead. He's told, be strong and courageous. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Moses would not have said this if he'd had nothing to fear and no cause for discouragement. Rather, he knew that there would be causes for fear and lots of discouragement. All leadership requires courage to cling tenaciously to a vision and toughness to endure the blame 
For every difficulty along the way, both then and now, the people of God need strong leadership that is courageous and not frightened or discouraged by all the opposition and resistance there is bound to be. The answer to fear is this. God promises that he would always go with him. The Lord your God goes with you. God makes the same promise to you and me today. When you are assailed by doubts, discouragement and difficulties, remember that wherever you go, whatever your circumstances, you can ask God to go before you and prepare the way. Therefore, you can be confident and need not be afraid. Then Moses tells them, During the Feast of Tabernacles, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God at the place he will choose, you shall read this law. Of course, the place he will choose turns out to be the city of Jerusalem. At the Feast of Tabernacles, the people will go to Jerusalem to celebrate the time when God, through Moses, brought water from a rock in the desert. They would thank God for providing water in the past year and pray that he would do the same in the coming year. The water was also seen as a sign of God's favor and a symbol of spiritual refreshment. It was on the last and greatest day of the Feast of Tabernacles that Jesus stood up and proclaimed, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. He was saying that these promises would not be fulfilled in a place, but in a person. It is out of the innermost being of Jesus that the river of life will flow. Also, in a derivative sense, the streams of living water will flow from every Christian, whoever believes in me. From you, Jesus says, this river will flow, bringing life, fruitfulness and healing to others. This picture is picked up again in the book of Revelation, where we see fulfillment of the city of Jerusalem. Just as the river now flowed out of Eden at the very beginning of the Bible story, so now at the end, in the new heaven and the new earth, a river flows from this city of God, where God makes his home with humanity forever. Lord, thank you that you promise to be with me wherever I go and that you will never leave me nor forsake me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so that rivers of living water may flow out of my heart today. Pippa adds, In Deuteronomy 31.6 it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. This is one of my life verses.